brought to you by the students at Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Today, we finish our interview with representatives from the Hubbard Alumni Association. If you missed the first half of this interview, please be sure to check out our podcast at anchor.fm-mcsradio. I'm Herbert Gant, president of the Hubbard Alumni Association. I'm Winifred Berry. I'm the assistant treasurer for the Hubbard Alumni Association. I'm Larry Evans. I was the first president of the Hubbard Alumni Association and Monroe County Commissioner from 1987 to 2020. Tell us a bit about how the Hubbard Alumni Association works with community partners to help advance the citizens of Monroe County. We run the Monroe County Workforce Development Center. We operate three days a week down there. Currently, we operate from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. on Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. And we have, once again, a collaborative effort with several different groups. We work with the Mill Georgia Consortium, which manages our workforce development agency out of Warner Robins. They send a representative up usually about once a week. And also we work uh, with the Monroe County Board of Commissioners and uh, Monroe County Family Connection, the Monroe County Extension Agency, Monroe County Department of Labor, they come up and they have have, uh, uh, teach classes on uh, the proper way to to fill out an application, uh, both physically uh, uh, with pen and pencil and also over the computer. They teach interviewing techniques and uh, communication skills. And we also work with the Central Georgia Technical College. They send representatives up. And uh, we also set up for the GED program on our computers. As you know, the GED GED is all on computers now. And we have a computer lab set up for that. And when need be, the the, uh, 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 technical school will come over and they'll teach there also. We work with the Tyloga Superior Parental Accountability Court. Those are people that are, that's the judges and the representatives that are over child support. They work with us and any, any uh, parents that are looking for jobs, they send them to us and they are trained and uh, interviews are arranged and we try to help get them jobs and also get them in school. We work with the Georgia Department of Corrections. The Georgia Department of Corrections, they they did the renovations on the women's dormitory, the $500,000 grant we got. And also, they have a program transitioning from the prisons out into community. We try to reach out with former inmates and get them jobs and get them in school. Monroe County Sheriff's Office also, they refer uh, former clients to us, and we try to keep them out of jail. We do our best to stop the recidivism crisis. 
the Department of Vet- Veteran Affairs, they send a traveling uh, van up to our center once a month, usually the third, third Thursday of the month. And they are available whenever any veterans come in and need assistance. We have a number to hook them up to try to help them there. We also have the uh, uh, Save the Children, as I mentioned. Uh, they're located in the other building, and they try to work with parents and kids to help them better. OH, as I mentioned, we work hand-in-hand with them. The Georgia Legal Services Program, they send a representative up about once a month, and they are available by phone to anyone needing their services. And uh, that's about it. But our future plans is to continue that legacy, and also, to um, uh, we're trying to reach a, a million dollars for our endowment, and that way, when we're all gone, our scholarships will continue because of the interest of the money will continue to pay them. So we're working towards that, and our biggest fundraiser is usually the third third weekend of April each year. We have a whole weekend devoted to the Hubbard School, whereas we have a banquet, and we always try to get a noted speaker. We've had Supreme Court justices. We've had uh, uh, all types of uh, uh, instrumental people throughout to come and speak for us. We've had Reverend Joseph Lowry and many others. We also have a parade that Saturday. And after the parade, we have a talent contest along with the uh, kids and older people. And, okay, the uh, veterans, um, we, we get uh, the veterans travel van is located on Riverside Drive in Macon. And the gentleman that, uh, that handles that is Jerry. I forget Jerry's last name, but they are available at any time. And also, uh, we refer people to the VA out on Thomaston Road and also the regional VA in Dublin, Georgia. So we do our best to help the veterans. So once again, uh, there's the main secret to our success is that we have saved. We have persevered together and our volunteers, Ms. Barry is a volunteer, Ms. Winifred Barry, Ms. May Francis Chambliss, and Ms. Juanita Pitt, they operate our workforce uh, development workforce development center on Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. And we also have other alumni come in. Mr. Gant comes in and volunteer, and several others. But our cohesiveness, we have we have been very cohesive, and we've managed to stay together. And we intend to stay together and continue to help Monroe County. But that's our purpose. Uh, William Marita Hubbard, the founder of the Hubbard School, he started the school like was before mentioned in 1900 and pursued educational excellence so that African Americans could be better qualified for jobs and we are doing the same thing. We continue to seek the uh, uh, excellence in education and we want to make sure everybody that needs a job Get a job. Thank you. I want to uh, share something again about the 
the the uh, um, scholarship and the uh, the banquet. Um, we do a uh, program, and we have sponsors for the last four years. We have had sponsors, and we have a membership drive, and uh, ten dollars a year, or either two hundred fifty dollars for a lifetime membership. And anybody that wants to join, they are welcome to join. And um, we send out a newsletter to over 700, almost 800 people every year uh, telling them about the events that have been planned for that particular year. And we hope next year that things will be better and we can resume our banquet and other, other celebrations. Yeah, and I forgot to mention one very important uh, thing. Our school, where we went, was in operation up until three years ago. They had a problem with moisture in the school, and they closed the school down in 2018. And since that time, we got with the Board of Education, and the Board of Education had to destroy part of the school. Approximately half of the school was torn down and restored the remainder of the school. The remainder of the school is being used, part of the school is being used for a boys and girls club. It, it's operated daily. And also the gym. The gym is, the gymnasium is technically about 10 to 12 years old. The uh, Monroe County Recreation Department will manage the, the gym and the the school technically for uh, every day. It will be open every day, seven days a week for the old and the young in our community to enjoy as a community center. That's our point. And, and once again, that was a joint venture by the, by the Board of Education and the Monroe County Board of Commissioner, so our school will continue to function. I would just like to say, in reference to our legacy, uh, you know, we have articles of, of uh, confederation and that we adopted, and the main one that is to promote the Hubbard legacy through extra achievement in social, cultural, and educational pursuits. And so we go out in the community and do what we can to support this community of Monroe County. And it has had an everlasting effect in that it has encouraged people from other areas of the state to want to come here just to see what we have going on here in Monroe County. So it's been great. It's been a great ride. And we appreciate all that people in Monroe County do to support us and to help our community. This is all I'd just like to say. Also, thank you for interviewing us today. And uh, and again, the school is open. Uh, the workforce is open three days a week from 9 to 2 o'clock, Monday through Wednesday. I want to go a little further with what Mr. Gant says. We reached out to surrounding areas, too. And as a result of that, over in Jackson, Georgia, but County, uh, the Henderson High students have formed a Henderson High Alumni Association, and they now possess their school on 20 acres of land. And they're in the process of developing that into a community center. 
they they came down, looked at our situation, and studied it. And I went up and talked with the alumni, and they have since formed and uh, have gotten their charter and have acquired their schools from from the Butts County Board of Education. We've also reached out to alumni over in Jones County, in, in Jasper County, and in Lamar County to do the same. And they're in the process of possibly doing the same thing. That is to keep their African-American history alive and promote educational excellence. Is there any additional information that you would like for our listeners to know? That one of our biggest fundraisers is our king and queen contest that we have as part of our our April celebration, and that is conducted by Annie Evans, who we give credit for really founding our organization. And we've had that every year, and that is a big, big fundraiser where we ask uh, contestants to come in, and they raise money, and they have a talent contest. And usually that's from the ages of about three years old up until about uh, 15 or 16. That has been a big, big success for us, the Hubbard Alumni King and Queen Contest pageant. And they participate in other activities. And this is what what happened when we were in school. We always had a we always had a queen. And we also just decided to have a king also. But it gives young people to come in and, and uh, show their talents and also to participate and a worthwhile fundraiser to also to keep promoting education. And also we have had, for the last four years, sponsors and contributors, so we have raised a great deal of money for scholarships on that. And we would like to thank all the supporters and the sponsors for what they have done for the last four years. A big thank you goes out to all of those who participated in this interview. If you would like to contact the Workforce Development, their phone number is 478-994-8211. If you missed any part of this interview, please be sure to check out our podcast at anchor.fm-mcsradio. Up next, we have an interview with Ms. Pat Napier the Director of Student Services of Monroe County Schools. Hi, I'm Carolyn Buffington with MPTV, and I'm talking with Ms. Napier today of Monroe County Schools. Tell us a little bit about your personal educational history. Well, Caroline, I am a proud graduate of Upson High School in Thomaston, Georgia, and I was an undergraduate, and I, after graduation, I attended Mercy University, for a bachelor's degree in business with a minor in education. I later went back to Mercer to um, become a teacher for my teacher certification in middle grades. After that, I, um, I ended up going to Fort Valley State University for my first master's in school counseling. A couple years after that, um, I left the state of Georgia and started working and living in South Carolina for eight years. After returning to Georgia, um, I came right back to, uh, to um, Monroe County Schools where I had taught the year before and I became the school counselor. I later received a second master's degree in um, school leadership 
And um, after that, I ended up getting a specialist degree in um, curriculum instruction. So quite a lengthy educational background. How long and at what levels have you worked in Monroe County Schools? In Monroe County Schools, I've worked at the elementary level and the middle school level, and I have worked as a school counselor and the assistant principal, and then now, of course, for the last two years, well, this is the end of my second year um, as a director of student services. Can you explain your current role as a director of student services? Yes, ma'am. This position allows me to work closely with um, school counselors throughout the district. It also allows me to work closely with the school nurses. And I also have a component of my job that deals with school safety. And that allows me to work with different entities in the community, like the Sheriff's Department, the Police Department, um, DFACS, um, Department of Juvenile Justice, as well as uh, emergency services as well. How did your previous positions help prepare you for this role? Well, I think more so they helped me prepare. I was the assistant principal at the sixth grade campus. And of course that campus at that time was separate from the main campus um, where it is now. And it was just sixth graders. And as a new um, assistant principal, I tried to make sure that everything I did, I was kind of on top of it. I made sure I was in the hallways. I walked the building. I would sometimes walk the parking lot just to kind of make sure that I wasn't overlooking things that were just happening in the building. I used to always stand at the front door. I was um, had duty posts every morning. So I think that safety part is just something that's in, in, in inside of me. And when I interviewed for this position, I remember having that conversation with Dr. Higman um, because the job description kind of changed. It was published as one thing and then it was kind of changed and they added the safety um, component to the position. What has changed as far as safety protocols and safety focuses since COVID hit in March 2020? Well, COVID definitely changed our perspective of safety. Um, instead of looking at facilities and safety from a different element, all of our um, interests started becoming safety as far as preventative measures to help reduce the spread of COVID. Um, we had to, of course, start identifying um, students who test positive and identifying those contact traces for those students who have been around the positive person. So, and then, and not so much as a district, but it was preceded by Department of Public Health guidelines and CDC guidelines that we had to practice as well. So still, the number one thing is making sure the boys and girls and the staff are all safe in the school system, but just kind of looking at it a little differently instead of looking for an intruder or a possible intruder or something of that nature on the outside, then you know, COVID is something that we can't see, we can't smell, but um, just having to be cognizant of it and being as safe as possible. Do you see a light at the end of the tunnel as far as transitioning back to more normal protocols? I certainly hope so. Um, many of our meetings we talk about right now, uh, as of today, um, the COVID numbers are, are far better than they were around Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we're, we may be you know, anticipating maybe a little increase during spring break. I know everybody is anxious to travel and, and to get out there, but we're also lucky that we have been able to allow the employees to get their vaccination. And I know with any other implementation of vaccination, then hopefully that will help us as well um, 
talking about COVID is, is a big conversation in most of our meetings, and we're definitely optimistic and very hopeful that we'll eventually get back to what we know is a normal school year. What do you think will be the next safety initiative for the school system? I am really not sure of a specific initiative. Um, we are always talking and always looking at how can we make it better? How can we do even more than what we're doing? And again, a lot of our initiatives comes from um, things that the Department of Public Health and the um, CDC guidelines that are given from the state level. So although we have those, we have not come up with any specifics right now. And now that things are going well, it's kind of difficult to, to figure out what we can do. Most of the time, the initiatives come whenever the numbers start going up. So th those are put in place as we need it. Right now, th what we're doing is maintaining. So they will change based on, on need and frequency of cleaning and things like that that we always do. On a lighter note, what is one of your favorite memories of your time in Monroe County? I think one of my favorite times in Monroe County would have to be, um, just like we were talking about before we started this interview, now that I'm at the board office, I don't see the students as much on a daily basis like I used to. So whenever I go to the schools, um, I think the last group of students are the current seventh graders now at the middle school that I'm most familiar with. So whenever I'm out about in the buildings, it is always such a good feeling to um, have students recognize me and to have those positive interactions or to have the reactions that they when they turn around and they see me and they realize oh what happened to her or things like that and also um, whenever parents have concerns or questions part of my job is also to assist parents if they have any concerns with the school or they have questions most of those phone calls come to me and I found that most of those parents that I do speak with or some of my former parents. So it's always having a great connection, but more so not just a connection, but a, a positive connection that the kids still remember me in a positive way, even though I was a disciplinarian as the assistant principal. So Ms. Napier, is there anything else you'd like to share with the community? I can't think of anything. Um, I am a proud employee of Monroe County Schools. I'm um, happy to have served. This is my 15th year in Monroe County and um, out of my extensive career, I have been able to have so many opportunities for advancement. And um, anybody else that comes in, whenever they ask me, where do I work? They typically want to know inside trader information because everyone is interested in what Monroe County is doing, whether I'm making phone calls or either um, meeting people in the community and they identify me by my badge. So it's definitely an honor to be a part of such a, a monumental um, facility and um, I look forward to many more great years with Monroe County Schools. Thank you so much for joining us today to tell a bit of your story. Thank you so much, Caroline. To end out today's show, we have an interview with Miss Alexander, the agriculture teacher at Monroe County Middle School. Hello, my name is Skylar Alexander. I'm the middle school agriculture teacher at Monroe County Middle School. This is my second year teaching and my second year here in Monroe County. I graduated in 2019 from Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College in Tipton, Georgia. I am currently working on my master's at Murray State University in Kentucky, and I'll be finished up with that this summer. I'm from, originally from Warner Robins. I went to Housing County High School. I was involved in FFA all through high school and absolutely loved it and decided that I wanted to help teach people where their food comes from and all the other aspects 
of agriculture that can really impact someone. I think it is super important for a child to learn that the food, the, uh, the ground beef that you eat for tacos, the carrots that you eat don't just come from a grocery store. Like they come from different animals, they come from farms and how they get there and how it's all, like the whole process of it so that they understand what they're putting into their bodies and what different labels mean at the grocery store and that they're, you know, cotton makes your clothes and that's how, you know, and explain to them the whole process. I teach a very diverse group with, you know, teaching over 180 kids a semester, so 360 kids a year. I'm teaching a lot of different kids, so I feel like it was a great place to be able to teach the children where their food comes from and how it benefits them. Also here in Monroe County, if you drive down even through the interstate, let alone on any of the roads, you truly see a bunch of beef cows, you see a bunch of farms, you'll see a bunch of crops, you'll see trees everywhere. Forestry and beef cattle are two of the biggest ag industries in Monroe County, and so I think it's really important to teach them stuff like tree identification, even if it's just the basics like pines trees, oak trees, crepe myrtle that you see everywhere. I think it's really important. And then I also want to teach them um, stuff like animal science, the basic care of animals. We do have the livestock barn that we go to and we are able to use some of our show animals as examples. And so I think it's really important because some of these kids have, you know, farms in their families that they may go to and they can start asking questions and understanding a little bit more of what they do. I really think it could bring a whole new aspect to someone's life if they aren't really understanding it. I also like to teach plant science, obviously, um, you know, anything from names of plants, you know, watering them every day, giving them fertilizer, stuff like that. I try to let them, you know, be as involved as possible with our plants. This year has obviously been a little bit different with how um, us going to the greenhouse has worked. We have a construction right beside the greenhouse. Um, so it's a lot of heavy equipment and stuff that I have to think about the kids getting into. And then um, also it being a more of a confined space um, than normal because of COVID. So I try to think about all of that. Um, so this year I've decided to bring the plants inside for a little while so that they can work with them inside the classroom. You know, even though my room may smell like dirt um, completely, they, uh, they're, it makes it where they're able to see it more and really see them grow every day. At this time of the year when we have the plant sale going on, I would love to spend almost every, at least every other class day in the greenhouse with them and watering plants and stuff like that um, and getting them ready. But like I said, it's a little bit different. So we do have them in the classroom. So I'll have kids working on classwork and then also working with the plants at the same time. We are having our plant sale from March 29th through March 31st. Um, from 3.30 to 5.30 at the back of this middle school at the greenhouse. I'll have a sign out there that says Monroe County Middle FFA. Um, so you'll be able to see it and you'll just pull up. I'll let like two or three people go in at once to pick out their plants. And then the next ones can come in. It is a first come first serve. So if you find something that maybe, you know, you can't find it or we're out here at the middle school. The high school plant sale is March 30th. And they have a lot of what we have, but in a bigger variety. So you are still able to go see them as well to get some plants. We have plants from Boston Ferns and Watering Jews and Hanging Baskets. We have um, two different types of coleus in three in or five inch pots, I believe. And they're um, the Alabama Sunset and Fishnet um, coleus. Very gorgeous, very pretty. Um, and then we have the six uh, little six packs that have everything from two different types of tomatoes, basil, parsley, 
We have rosemary, we have zinnia, we have petunia, two different color petunias. We have um, portulaca, we have two different types of celosias. This supports our, our students. Um, we have had four state competing teams this year. It just kind of helps us um, get back and forth there and um, all of our different competitions that we go to throughout the state, um, practices that we'll go to to help us prepare for these competitions. Other ways to support right now are our um, alumni is looking for donations, especially at the barn, um, the ag barn that we have, like generators or a pole barn to keep all of our materials under. A lot of the stuff is stuff that, you know, you don't really realize you need it until it's afterwards, really. Um, so if you're looking at helping us donating that way, um, you can talk to Mr. Ryan Smith at the high school. He is um, kind of overseeing all of that kind of stuff, and he'll have all the information on that one. And his email is obviously ryan.smith at mcschools.org. And then I'm looking for donations of either like white button downs, black pants or black skirts, pantyhose and black shoes, and obviously middle school aged size clothing. So like a lot of the smalls through larges, um, maybe an extra small, maybe an extra large here or there um, to be able to give the kids if they need it for a um, competition or anything and they can't get to it or don't have the money to get it, but they can still be able to compete through that. Um, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to have this uh, opportunity to talk to y'all about my program and my middle school chapter. If you have any other questions, you can email me at skylar.alexander at mcschools.org. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools.